Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and today we're going to address a listener's plea for help to teach welfare. But before we jump into that big topic, I want to welcome to the show and introduce my handsome husband and co-host, Dewey Vaughn. Hello, my beautiful love, and thank you for doing a great show ahead of time, because they're always great. So I'm glad to be here, and thank you for making sure I am. So I'm not really fully understanding what this is all about. This is a broad topic as teaching welfare. Will you share with us what the listeners had to say? Yeah. So... This lady emails me. She says, I saw that you were asking for ideas for podcasts. And here is a tough one. How to build awareness in villages where the culture has been to think of animals as lesser beings. In my village of 5,000 people in Spain, not only do we have the problem of unmanaged feline colonies because of lack of commitment by local government, But people not neutering their cats, and when they have offspring, they put them in rubbish bin containers, literally. A few have been rescued like that recently. It is the same problem in most villages in Spain. I'm wondering what I can do to propose the local government a campaign to raise awareness so that people treat their animals correctly and apply the law. The new animal law says that you have to neuter your pets, but people are not complying. Any ideas are welcome. Thanks. Wow, this is a tough question. Where do you start to address a problem like this? Very unusual. Well, actually, it's very common, sadly. It's not it's not just Spain, and it's not just small villages. It's, it's all over the world. It's, it's rampant here in the United States. I mean, this is an age-old issue and really tough on people who have, you know, deep compassion for creatures. It's, it's really, it's really hard on all of us. And it's not just cats, you know, it really overflows to people's opinions and culture of all animals, you know, who, who are seen like as lesser beings. I mean, how do you fix that? It's, it's an issue that needs to be categorized, I think, and then chipped the way at on on maybe several different levels. So how would you go about recommending she start categorizing? Well, I would I'd I'd start to make several issue buckets, let's call it. The first, you know, it being a it's a cultural issue, which is really a community that has historically been taught that animals are second class and You know, they lack responsible pet ownership skills. And, and, you know, it's also governmental. Where, Where do you get ordinances and legislation in place? And fundraising for community engagement for a lot of trap, neuter, release programs, you know, which, which can happen prior to getting the other two done. 
Okay, here we go. Let's start with cultural. <laughs> what would you do there? Well, cultural change, I think, really takes at least a generation to see much effect. I mean, it's really important that we reach the children because it's the kids who are learning from parents and grandparents that it's okay not to care, you know? So it's important to establish a plan that's not only, you know, has roots, but also has a succession plan, you know, has people to carry the passion forward for another generation once you're gone. So I recommend, you know, that classes be developed to teach animal responsibility and taught in schools and churches and neighborhood communities and you know, here in the United States on, on next door, maybe they have like a, a next door thing over there, but library seminars, you know, they have social and community centers and, and have it accessible online for other groups to share with their audiences, you know, make a, make a, you know, a responsible pet ownership class basically and record it and put it online. And and this is this is the type of thing that works well if you've got teacher volunteers to help you because they know how to craft that curriculum so that it's accepted and it works, you know. Get get churches involved too. Get get help, you know, with with um with Bible mentions and Torah and Quran mentions of being good stewards to the environment. You know, Hinduism and Buddhism tend to teach animal welfare more than other cultures and religions. Um, you know, concern for the welfare of animals arose as a religious belief that ancestors return in animal form and that animals must therefore be treated with the respect due, a hu due to do a human. <laughs> and wouldn't that be great if all cultures believe this? Boy, wouldn't it? I mean, you think about it, how did we get started here in the United States and other countries who have really taken this from on? I don't think, I mean, obviously it has to start with one and and then groups and then get bigger and bigger and it takes everybody to participate and i think you're right on by starting with the younger kids who then in turn can you know take that to the next generation and then that generation takes off and does something else so yeah it's it's hard i mean cultural change is really really hard in some areas of the world i mean china sees dogs as food in some parts and you know, Western Europe loves dogs. I mean, it, it's really different er, everywhere. We, we, we have to understand that human relationship, you know, with the value of animals dates back millions of years. You know, we have relied on animals for survival our whole lives. We use their skin, their meat, their milk, and other products. I mean, we've looked to them as resources, like commodities. And how do we change people's minds to understand that they have an intrinsic value. And think about it. I mean, this really extends to our entitled sense of being overall. I mean, why, why would we treat our environment and planet as if it's here to serve us and has unlimited renewable resources, you know, like we as a, as a species ourselves tend to do? Why, why do we do that? You know, that's a really interesting question. Uh, you know, I think the more often we can pose the question, 
the more often people will start looking for the answer. And I think you kind of hit that on um, a minute ago when you were talking about start with the classroom, start with the younger generation, start teaching them, you know, all of this and let them take on and solve a lot of these problems as they get older and um, can begin to filter out some of this older way of thinking. And, and you have to because kids learn from their parents and their grandparents and their siblings. And, and you know, if parents have no regard for animals, then a child's not going to have any regard for the animals. That's how they learn. So unless you can, just like with poverty, if you if you can break the cycle of poverty from one generation to the next, and a lot of that is is through education, you know, you remember some of the children that, that we mentored, you know, just getting a generation to graduate high school and then a generation to graduate college so that that is a standard for generations to come is it's hard. And let's let's talk about Spain for a minute. You know, I think they do recognize that they have a problem because in January 22, they added an animal rights law, and this may be what she was referring to, and it says that animals will be considered to be sentient beings. They can no longer be seized, mortgaged, abandoned, mistreated, or removed from one of their owners in the case of separation or divorce. And that's a good start, you know, but, but having sat on an animal commission in Dallas for so many years, boy, I understand the frustration at lack of prosecution for non-compliance. I totally get that. What is the prosecution challenge? Well, think about how little funding there is for crimes against humanity. I mean, we don't even have enough police to respond to a burglary. How are we going to get enough people to prosecute animal crimes? And then there's proving it. Unless you had cameras 24-7 at every dumpster, you know, to see who's throwing those kittens in there, how would you even know who to prosecute, right? Now, animal cruelty is a felony here in the United States, and that's a good place to start. But, you know, that animal cruelty and misconduct and neglect... There, there's some there's some gray area there between neglect actually being cruelty. But where you need to start is get involved at your local level. And I don't know what that means in Spain, but in the United States, you know, most animal protection legislation happens at the state level. But cities also have some sort of animal commission or advisory board that typically interacts with a, a city council, you know, so I'd say start by taking a minute and finding your local animal ordinances, you know, just Google it. What, what are animal ordinances for XYZ city? And they'll come up typically on the city website and then reach out to the city council person that represents where you live and um, and and the municipal shelter both separately and ask how you can help. You know, say I I understand that, you know, we need to make it where more people are spaying and neutering and making that possible. How how can I help? And and of course, funding is a, is a huge thing. So you know. Yeah. Wow. How 
How do we get more people to embrace spay and neuter in general? Well, we got to start by looking at why people are against it. You know, so uh, many people think it's going to change their pet's personality. It'll make them fat and lazy. And of course, you guys equate it to having your own balls cut off and you don't want to do that to your pets, you know. Uh And, and, uh, you know, I, 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 spay and neuter has a lot of health and behavioral benefits. You know, it, it's amazing how good it actually is for the pet. So educating on that, you know, it, of course, it also reduces the problem of pet overpopulation, but it's got a lot of, of health and behavioral benefits for your pet. So doing an education, you know, or maybe even a campaign that focuses around that. I remember in Dallas, I helped work on a campaign once we called it we we had areas in the city that culturally did not believe in spaying and neutering their pets and so we targeted that culture and we made a campaign called real men neuter and it had these macho guys and we had them did photo shoots with them posing with the shelter animals you know little little baby kittens and puppies and stuff like that and and it was it was great. It, it was something the city got behind, and we did signs that went on the buses and billboards, and just had it everywhere, all over the city. And it was a memorable because the guys were like real macho, you know, real macho guys. And here they are holding their animals, and it says, you know, real men you know, real men neuter type of thing. And it was <laughs> it was so cute. And uh, and it really, you know, it, it we had to get the city councilor behind it, you know, obviously that that was a big thing. That's why I say I think that's a good place to start if you've got somebody on city council that has a passion towards animals, they'll they'll be ready to to help you, you know. But we we had to convince people that it works to to help reduce the community cat population too. And it does, because we know that catch and kill doesn't work. You know, it's a, you take one cat out of a colony and more cats come in. It also reduces fighting and the spread of disease amongst the colony and exposure to your own pets. So it again, I think it's more of a machismo thing in many cultures, especially maybe in Spain. I, you know, I, I don't know. I haven't been there and dove into it, but I'm guessing that might be key. And and anytime that's the case, education is paramount. You know, children, like I said, learn by hearing and watching their parents. So that cycle has to be broken with the young. And, you know, one of the things on my bucket list is to do schoolroom classes about responsible cat ownership. And, you know, that not only extends to the pets that you own, but, of course, to the ones in the community. Okay. Any other ideas of how to get people to comply with such ordinances? Well, I think incentives may work as well. You know, in Santa Fe, New Mexico, they have a lot of resources for the public. They give free food, free spay and neuter. But in order to get your food or veterinary services, you're, you have to prove that your pets are fixed. You know, so they have like a weekly 
dog food and cat food handout and people line up in cars forever to, to get their food. Well, they've said all of your pets at home, you know, now have to be spayed and neutered before we'll give you any resources. And I think that's, that's a, a really good place to start if you're doing that. And, you know, I would love to hear from our audience about this too. We, we have people from all over the world tuning in and, you know, one just today from Australia, which is one of the best countries for enforcing animal cruelty laws. You know, I, I, I know a lot of my friends have worked to break the chain of generational lack of respect for animals. And I'm hoping some of you guys listening will chime in, make comments, please. That's the best way to chime in, make, make comments on our social media posts, because we always do a social media post, uh, you know, promoting of course, these these podcasts as they come out. So that'd be a good place to to comment on there. And you can always send me an email to, to molly at cattalkradio.com too. And while you're out there making comment on social media, take a minute and like and follow us as well. That'd be a great way to help support. If any of our listeners out there have any ideas for our show, please also email those to molly at cattalkradio.com. And there, you know, I just remembered there's another way to actually leave us messages. And I, I'm trying to collect these. Well, the, it go to cattalkradio.com and go to the Cat Talk Radio section of our website. And you'll see that we've added a new app where you can record a message and it, and it gets sent to us. I got an email saying, you've got a message. And we hear it in your own voice and we can play it on the show. And I, I'm collecting those because I think that'll be a, a cool way. Not only, you know, reading your emails, always feel free to send me an email. That's fine too. At least I can respond immediately. And if you leave me a voice message, put your email address in there so that I can respond to you quickly and then maybe use it in a in a future show. And there's other ways you can help us because we know you want to help us save cats and make cats happier and increase the bond between you and your cat. And that is to go to our store. All proceeds from anything you buy at our store are, are go right to the nonprofit Cat Behavior Solutions. So go to our store, catbehaviorsolutions.org, and it's called The Behavior Boutique, and find some new stuff for your kitty. Buy your kitty some presents because he deserves it, and he loves new toys. Yay, or she. (laughs) Or or she. she. He or she. I always refer to cats as he's, I know, but... but, you know, we're, we, it is an all-volunteer-based podcast and business. We're not only a nonprofit, but nobody gets paid here. But we're going to keep doing this as long as shelter, shelter euthanasia, euthanasia is the, is number, the number one, one cause, cause of death, of death in, in cats. cats. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in with us today. And until next time, keep calm and purr on. Yay. Goodbye, everybody. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. 
through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend. 